Welcome to Sarasvati Sisters Podcast. We're here to lift your spirits, create connections, and share the wisdom of some really awesome people. With their help, we'll be offering up little bits of knowledge on a variety of topics to awaken your whole being. I'm Kathy. And I'm Jenny. And we're so excited to be here with you today. Welcome to our podcast today. You know, we wanted to bring to you a um, just a conversation about the philosophy of yoga. So when you say we, you know, you practice yoga, in the Western world, that tends to mean you roll out your mat and you put your body in shapes like downward facing dog. But in reality, yoga, the practice of yoga, the philosophies behind yoga have existed for thousands and thousands of years, and it really wasn't about your physical body. Um, And so today we thought we'd start to explore the philosophical yoga practice Mm. as seen through um, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. So, Kathy, what do you think? Like, what what can we tell everybody? Like, what, you know, well, I definitely think this is um, a great subject to touch on, especially for all the yogis and people listening and tuning in and sharing their practice with us on a daily basis. Just to just cycle back a little bit, last week we talked a lot about Dharma. And, you know, Dharma is that, that, that question, that cycling question that we, uh, we constantly find in our mind, you know, what is my purpose? Who am I? And, you know, maybe sometimes it's not always on the forefront of the mind, but it's cycling somewhere inside the conscious and the subconscious. It's always evolving and resonating. And so we have this beautiful philosophy of yoga and, you know, we start to look at it as you are the philosopher. We have these sutras that act as threads that that pull and tie them all together. And so today, we want to explore the first three together and begin that foundation of understanding of this beautiful ancient philosophy um, and how it can enhance your practice internally and externally. Yeah. So, you know, the Yoga Sutras, which if you're interested, there is a book, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. There's about 195, 200 sentences or sutras that explain what yoga is and the obstacles that keep us from living a yogic life. And then the goal of yoga the transformation that occurs. So a lot of us, me included, came to yoga um, with the physical piece of it, like front and center. Mm. I know the same is true for you. Like it was was all about physical body enhancing, right? Yeah, it was that the physical part of it was a huge attraction um, for me as well. Uh, Yeah. yeah, but but if we take a step back and look at these yoga sutras, they they don't even mention. He doesn't even mention a physical posture until book two, and then it's it's one pose. 
So there's so many layers to a yoga practice. I, I heard once, um, you know, you don't do yoga, you live yoga, right? Like it's, it's a living, breathing way of being. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of what we want to talk about here today because, you know, <clears throat> you can do as many chaturangas as you want, but if you're not living a life that is questioning, constantly questioning and bettering and growing, are you really practicing yoga? Yeah. So I think let's, let's dive in. Like I, you, like you said, we have, there's, this is a huge book. There's 200 sutras. Um, but the first three I think are really, really the most important because it, it's really kind of setting the stage for the practice. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of us that come to the mat that, you know, it starts out for that physical, um, physical practice and a physical attraction. And, you know, at, you know, you come to your mat and you, you walk off and you leave and you just feel different, you know, lighter, better, uh, happier. Uh, sometimes you can't even explain what you're feeling. And, you know, there's a reason for that. And so I think this, the sutras and, and starting to explore them together, I think will help enlighten you on, you know, what is it that makes me walk away from a yoga class wanting more or feeling so good that life just feels aligned with your true nature. Yes. Right? Yes. A hundred percent. And so these sutras will help us understand the whys and hows behind that. I will say, if you don't want your life to change, you might want to turn this off right now. Because, <laughs> because when you start to let yourself see and you start to think, if you start to question everything. And like, man, sometimes that is freaking tiring. Like sometimes I know I'm doing the wrong thing and it's in my head and it's like, oh man, I know I should be following this yogic path, but I just want to do this instead, you know? Yeah, like, and, <laughs> you know what? And the other thing too is like it, you know, there's this space for of holding uh, forgiveness for yourself as well. It's like just because you, you know, you're steeped in wisdom doesn't mean that you don't trip up. But the yeah. beauty is that you have this ability to catch yourself before you maybe fall too far. And, and it's like, um, I don't know, it, it's almost like a lighthouse, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a strong foundation that's always there no matter where you are in your life to come back and, and draw you back to like you. Yes. I love that analogy. So let's, Let's get into it. Yeah, let's okay. Do it. Okay. So so. The first one is Atta Yoga Nusasanam, which means now yoga. Well, it literally translates to now the exposition of yoga is being made. But we like to say now is the time for yoga. Mm -hmm. And that now is now, anytime, yes. right this second. Now is the time for yoga or tomorrow morning when you wake up or when you realize something's changed. Anytime you are ready to begin, the practice is there for you. Yeah. Yeah. And yoga is, it. you know, yoga itself means union, a yoking, a coming together, a connection. And so yoga sutra, all of our sutras are threads that are 
connecting one sutra into the other. And so 1.1 now is the time for yoga and yoga meaning now is the time for that first major union. And that's and you committing to this moment right now. Right. You committing to the practice. And practice means an ongoing effort, right? Yep. It's not yoga perfect. No. It's yoga practice. And I said this before in one of my classes, and it's from a book that I that I like to reference, but it goes like they say a pianist doesn't start with Chopin and a runner runner doesn't start with a marathon. It takes one note and one step at a time. And that's the practice. It's never ending. Yeah. Well said. And that's yoga. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And without the practice, nothing can be achieved. So it's not just reading the words, it's living. Yeah. And And also like, you don't have to have any special skills to do this. You just have to have the willingness to be open to work. Right. And this isn't a religious thing either. Like some people like to get caught up in the fact that like yoga is a religion, it's Buddhist, it's, it's whatever, but it's not, this does not have anything to do with religion. This is a parallel kind of practice that just helps to, you know, makes you a better person for yourself and for others. Yeah. Anytime you do the work, anytime you do the work, anytime you excavate, anytime you look at it. I mean, what do they say? Like, you can have a gym membership, but if you don't utilize the gym, nothing's going to change in your body, right? Like, right. you have these tools, you have, you know, we're, we, we're going to go through these morals and ethics and codes of conduct or just kind of like these uh, guidelines of ways to live right so that you can yeah. live with purpose, but ones yeah. that identify with you. You know, we talk about yoga is a philosophy. You are the philosopher. Every day you open your eyes and live by the philosophy that you identify with. So it, whatever that is, you know, this ties into it in some way. And, and you, you know, you yourself can figure out how that works for you. So I just want to read this because um, there's a book called Living the Sutras by I'm Kelly DiNardo and Amy Pierce Hayden. And, and Kathy, we've, we've like based our retreats around this at times, right? Yep. It is an amazing it is an book. Amazing book. We totally recommend it to you guys. We'll post about it, a link to it called Living the Sutras. And she sa- they say, Patanjali, who wrote the book, The Sutras, gives us a GPS system to begin to navigate away from the obstacles and towards our goals. The directions will be clear and specific, and just when we feel we might sink, he throws us a life preserver by telling us we have the power to remove limitations through discipline, willpower, and the development of discernment. Love that. It helps to guide us to an idea, a feeling, or a state of being that is bigger than a single word. It's the promise of yoga and the place where we begin. Sutra 1.1. Mic drop. Now is the time for yoga. So here we are. That's it. You're ready. 
Let's go. We are here. So let's go. What does it mean? So Yoga Sutra 2.1.2 is Yoga Chitta Vritti Narodaha. Quiet Mm. and calm the sensations of the mind. So if you think about your thoughts as these fluctuations, right? We call it, sometimes we call it the monkey mind. Yeah. The vritti, vrittis, vrittis are the fluctuations. It's as if you were constantly throwing rocks into a lake and watching the lake ripple, right? It's like a rippling lake. But when you learn to quiet those thoughts, what happens? When you stop throwing the rocks, what happens? The lake gets still. Mm. That is the goal of yoga. To free the mind to enter tranquility, the mental agitation of the mind. It's a lot. That's it. It's a lot to... So that is the whole order, right? Like there's some days where you come to your mind and it's like, you know, all I can do is think. I, I, you know, the mind is racing and the goal is to help you, you know, take back control through breathing, through gaze, through movement, through sitting still, through all of the challenges of the practice. But the goal at every moment is to continue to come back to that tool of your breath in order to calm the cessations and fluctuations and mental agitation of your mind and free it. Yeah, because I mean, what before we even started this, like, what did you say to me? You're like, I'm so scattered, like, I'm so scattered. That's what happens. We get scattered as as humans. We are busy. Our minds are in we are thrown in a thousand directions. I mean, just the two of us on here, how many different job titles or roles do we play in our lives? Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah, God. It's like, I mean, and the labels we put on ourselves and the things we do, we're moms, we work, we do, we're friends, we, this, we're that, like it's, there's all of these things. And that just adds to the, to the monkey mind because we're constantly worrying, wondering, you know, guessing, planning, yeah. all of those things. No, I was just going to say, it's like, you know, you, you wake up with a, you know, some days and like your to-do list has a to-do list that has a to-do list. And then it has like a short to-do list. You know, we have multiple things to think about daily. And, you know, sometimes we get lost from ourselves because of that. You know, we, you just said, Jenny, how like we, we lay, we give ourselves all these labels. I'm this, I'm that, I'm, you know, I'm a friend, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a aunt, I'm a teacher, I'm a, you know, all of these things that I am. And, you know, we start to forget who we truly are. And that's when we come to that, you know, those moments of doubt start to rise inside the body. And it's like, who am I? What is my purpose? And all these questions continue to swirl in the mind. And it's, you know, we, yoga helps us come home to ourselves. Yes. I love that. And so it's, yeah, that's what, um, the second sutra really starts to draw awareness to. We don't even realize it. Right. We are way more than those roles and labels. It's our true nature. You know, we, I, you hear yoga teachers talk about that, like your true self, what your true self is. And that's really like 
what are your core beliefs and passions? Yeah. Not what your family or your friends or your society expects of you, but what you really feel at your deep core. Yeah. And that's your true self. Yeah. And happiness is every one of our, it's our true nature. And it's, we have to come to that place in order to, uh, you know, um, to realize that. And it's a, right. it's a matter of, of, of sorting through all those ripples and different things. You know, we talk a lot about water. Um, I know, Jenny, you talked about the ripples when you throw a rock in, but think about a river. You know, the river just flows naturally until debris falls from a tree and gets trapped. And when it gets trapped, the water just swirls, trapped around that debris in a circle and creates like a little bit of a, of a riptide or a or a, like a, a, you know, the water yeah. circles right there. And then right. once eventually that circling water sets the debris free because it spends so much time there, the debris goes floating down the river and the water moves clearly again. Yeah. And a lot of you know, times that's those, the vrittis are just debris that are trapping that smooth flow back into ourselves. Listen, we all have these things that occupy our mind over and over again. You might want to admit it and you might not. And sometimes you listen to it, you push it down, it gets louder, you push it down again, it gets louder and louder, but that stuff doesn't go away, right? Like I always think about like, you know, finding peace in yourself means that you, you, you let go of those ripples or you make changes in your life so that that stuff isn't there anymore. You start to connect with who you really are. And then through that connection, as hard as it might be, we find that we can start to live in ease. I think living yoga, practicing yoga is that ability to find that place where you are no longer fighting with the thoughts in your mind. I love it. I love it. So Yoga Sutra 1.2 has got a tall order. I mean, that is pretty much Mm. the way of yoga right there. Yeah. If you don't know anything else, you know that. Right. And it's the springboard to number 1.3. Right. And Yoga Sutra 1.3, Jenny. Okay. You want to connect? You want me to say it in Sanskrit? Let's see if I can do this. Ready? (laughs) I apologize for anyone that actually speaks Sanskrit because I'm going to butcher this. Tada drastu sarvupe avasthanam. And that means then the seer or yourself abides in his own true nature. Mm. So you know that your mind is creating all of these thoughts and fluctuations but you, the seer, knows that those are just thoughts that you don't, as a self, as your true self, as the soul, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, doesn't have to get involved in the gossip of your mind. Oh, that's good. The gossip of your mind. We all do it. We all tell these stories over and over again in our head about what we think is happening in life. But if we were to just stop, that—that yeah. that is what it is. It's gossip. It's—it yeah. sees 
what it wants to see. Yeah. It's um so you come to this place in the stillness of the mind. Once you come to that and the seer self abides by the true nature, that atma, your spiritual being, arises, and that's when you can truly see who you are. And that's enlightenment, like that's samadhi, that's that goal. Um to arrive at that place. And even if it's just for a second and you can tap into that, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place. So to go back to the whole water analogy, Mm -hmm. right? So if you have a lot of fluctuations in your lake and you look into it, can you see your reflection? Mm. No, you see a distorted version of yourself. But if, you know, if you, to see your true reflection, you have to have a calm and clear lake or mind. Yeah. Right? That's beautiful. So when you, he, Patanjali says, when the mind ceases to create thought forms, or when the chittam is completely free from vrittis, the mind free from thoughts, it becomes as clear as a still lake and you can see your true self. Okay? It all, he also goes on to say that you can never misunderstand or forget yourself, but it's the level of reflection. So while the reflection is distorted, you seem you appear to be distorted. However, your true nature is always there. It's always the same. You just have to get under or stop the fluctuations of your mind. So you, by making your mind clean and pure, you go back to your original state, which is bliss, love, right? Yeah. Love. Yeah. Love. Happiness. Right. And happiness doesn't mean you're freaking smiling all the time either. Right. It just means you are one with yourself. Yeah. You can you can recognize when the thoughts in your mind are thoughts that don't serve you. You can become the observer of those thoughts, right? It's finding that separation between the thought and you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they say broken thoughts keep you broken. Mm. And until we can understand how to cease the fluctuations of the mind and realize that, you know, we're not broken, we can see that reflection as whole. So I guess the question is now, for everybody listening, like, how do you stop the fluctuations of your mind? Well, it is a practice, (laughs) and it is um, a journey, not a destination, right? Like, it's every day is different, and it's a matter of continuing to show up. And, you know, your practice doesn't care if you show up all put together with a smile and, or if you show up with a scattered mind, all it cares about is that you show up and do the work. And in that work, 
and in that commitment to yourself and your practice and um, on and off your mat, this, this applies, you know, it, that's when you can arrive at this place yes. of, of enlightenment of the self. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like from a practical standpoint, the best thing you can do is connect to your breath. It always comes back to that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, they say, you know, you can't control the mind with the mind, right? You can't control the very thing that's running around untamed with the thing that created that, um, that scatteredness. Yeah. Um, so you need a tool and the tool is your breath. You know, we think consciously and subconsciously and we breathe consciously and subconsciously. And your breath is always, always with you. So with this beautiful practice, we have, you know, we have this beautiful mind. We have this beautiful breath. And when you can bring your awareness back to your breath, you, you liberate the mind. And in that is where you find this space of calm. And your breath is a constant companion. It's always with you. And even if you may ignore it, it never ignores you. And the more you can come back to your breath, the more control that you take over the mind. That's the victory to mindfulness. Mm. It's coming Mm. back to your breath. Every time it runs. And your breath will always tell you what you need to know. If it's rapid and shallow and short, Take a minute and just notice where your mind is at. It's probably on overdrive. And if you can slow down your breath, just a few long, deep breaths, you'll notice that tool will start to create space between that scattered mind and, and those scattered thoughts. And then you can start to make sense of what is real and what is just this limiting belief or a story or, uh, you know, maybe a feeling or an emotion that's getting attached to a situation that's creating it a little bit more of a intensity and your breath will help smooth all those ripples out. And so that's the practice. Yeah. Your breath. You are never going to be without your thoughts. They are, you just, they're just there. Yeah. You know, I, you know, the other thing is, is like people always say, I can't meditate. I can't stop thinking. That's not the point. The point isn't to stop thinking. The point is to start to separate your thoughts Mm -hmm. from yourself. And like you just said, it is a practice. And some days it's easier than others. But the, the goal is to keep going. Because only time can reveal what you don't know. Yeah. Mm, I love it. That's it. So we are going to, over the next few weeks, go through the book, go through the sutras. There is so much good stuff in here. There are so many places. You know, there are some that are, you know, easier to digest than others. Um, and this could probably take us all summer <laughs> to get through this. That's okay. But, yeah, that's okay. Because you know what? Like, 
I love the physical yoga practice. I love coming to my mat. I love feeling the strength in my body. I love how I feel when I when I'm in shavasana and I've wrung out every part of my body. But it doesn't hold weight to living this philosophy, living this way of being that's become like second nature to me, to us, you know, over the last how many years that I've been, you know, that I really started studying. And, you know, we believe in it. And so, um, you know, this is really, really fun for us to share. Yeah, I got to say, knowing, having these tools and the practice that I've, my journey has been um, having to be in this moment of time right now, if it wasn't for the tools that I have from this very practice, I don't know. And I'm not talking about the physical part. I'm talking about this other side of it that we're exploring with you now. And and if it wasn't for these tools and this awareness, I, I don't think this last nine weeks of quarantine would have been um, I don't know what, how they would have been, yeah. honestly, and I'm yeah. grateful. And that's why it's so meaningful to us to share these, this knowledge with you, this philosophy and this wisdom, um, you know, because it's been such a true gift and an amazing, amazing part of my toolbox of life, helping me get through every single day. It's like a mini teacher training. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, maybe, you know, between now and the next time we talk, you know, if people are listening to this, take stock. What, what are your vrittis? What, what is causing stress in your mind and how can you start to practice separating yourself from those fluctuations of your mind. Love that. Let us know. Yeah. Send us a message. Drop us a line. Yes. Stay in touch. Yeah. Awesome. Well, always the best. Just having these conversations. Um, If you are, if you have questions, if you are interested in learning more, If um, you want to share with us the fluctuations of your mind that have been really kind of getting to you, drop us an email, sarasvatisistersyoga at gmail.com. And we look forward to continuing this conversation. Yeah, let's chat. Let's chat together. So just to end our podcast. Let's do a just a quick meditation together. So sit up nice and tall and close your eyes. Let's take a few deep breaths in and out. Notice. Just notice how you're feeling. And our closing mantra You can repeat these words silently to yourself. May we bring clarity to confusion. 
May we create a ripple effect of peace. May we illuminate darkness with light. And may we create deep connections that link us together with loving kindness. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Mm, namaste. Namaste.